News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this Friday night edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen. 704-570-1110, as always, is the telephone number. And guys, follow me on X for all the latest and breaking news in and around the Charlotte area at Brett underscore Jensen. And if you follow me on X, then you would realize our next guest, Deanna Ballard, is coming in studio with me for the first 30 minutes of the show. She's running for lieutenant governor. She's currently a state senator, and her family lives up in Lincoln County. I actually know about Cat Square. So, first of all, Deanna, I really appreciate you joining me tonight. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's great being with you and been looking forward to this for a little while now. Okay, so let's talk about, this is the first question that I ask everybody. Why, when did you decide to wake up one morning and go, you know what, I'm running for lieutenant governor? How did that process happen? Well, as you mentioned, I did serve in the state Senate for three and a half terms. Uh, So I've actually had folks that have put the bug in my ear along the way during my time, seven years in the making, and uh, had folks really encourage me to continue to run statewide. And so as I finished my service in the Senate, I really just prayed about it and really just decided, okay, I think this is the time. This is the the pathway. This is the opportunity and really got up one morning and was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And then once you commit, you're all in, you're full throttle and wholehearted. So I'm just excited about the opportunity, too. And again, got a lot of encouragement, got asked to consider it along the way. And so uh, just really um, excited about what's ahead. What was the family reaction? Oh, my family's great. So uh, my parents still live in Lincoln County. They're super excited. They love working the polls. They've always been the best poll workers um, and then a lot of my extended family, like even across the state, all of a sudden now they feel very um, just motivated. They can be involved and engaged, whereas you know, when you're running for Senate, you're in a specific district. And so I had been up in the mountains, uh, been up there actually for 14 years. So, you know, now they all feel like they can be a part of it. And um, so I've got, I've got them all working pretty hard. You know, good labor. Family's always good for volunteer work. So everything that I've seen, every poll that I've seen, everyone that I've talked to, political insiders, Republican insiders, up in Raleigh, locally, everywhere else, across (laughs) the state, that they believe that you're one of the top three candidates. So how do you get from being in the top three to being the number one? Oh, that takes a lot of continued grassroots strategy, getting in front of the right groups in the right time and the right amount of people, which also means it requires getting on them, you know, using media, using social media, using, you know, TV media and what markets you're kind of leaning into. Uh, but I would say, you know, what really distinguishes me from, let's say, you've got the top three. I'm considered part of that. I mean, what what really separates me, I think, from the pack is I'm a proven I'm a proven leader. I've delivered. I've, I've fought the fight. I have gone toe to toe with Democrats. I've gone toe to toe with even some of my own Republicans to a degree. Um, but really uh, supported and championed a lot of our families and communities across the state, particularly during the pandemic. I mean, it was my bill that the governor vetoed when it came time to reopening our schools. And so I was able to, um, he called me later and within a week and was like, hey, let's talk about this. And so I was able to get that done and cross the finish line. Uh, But I could not have done that with moms and dads, uh, without mom and dads across the state also leaning in and stepping up too. So I think really leaning into uh, my proven track record in the Senate you know, um, and continuing to really just invest in connecting with people. I mean, that's that's what this relies on is voters and communities really engaging and being informed about who's on the ballot. Talk about that conversation with the governor. So you proposed the bill as a state senator to reopen schools. He vetoed it and then called you a week later. What was that conversation like? He was like, you know, I think he was feeling the pressure of families who were actually standing outside of his the governor's mansion protesting and enough was enough, I think, in his mind. And I mean, he he 
I mean, he was very willing to talk and to cooperate um, while also making sure that we were, quote unquote, you know, um, still using data and science as, you know, metrics to ensure that we can continue to protect the kids in the classroom. So it was not probably an easy call for him to make and a conversation. But at the end of the day, we did do a joint press conference um, really announcing the reopening and the, um, you know, the full support uh, from both parties on actual the bill itself when it came to came to fruition. And it was um, it came to pass. I think when he signed it, it became law. So it was pretty quick at that point. So you mean like data and science in terms of, hey, if you have a food truck outside a brewery, it's okay to open because that's data and science. But if you're a bar, you right. can't open. You, wanna, <laughs> exactly. you, mean, you mean that data and science? Yes, exactly. <laughs> data. <laughs> uh, we're talking with Deanna Ballard. She is running for lieutenant governor. Um, her family's up in Lincoln County. She's a state senator. So I'm curious, you know, when you look at lieutenant governor, a lot of people view it pretty much the same way as the vice president. What can you accomplish as a lieutenant governor? I think that's exciting. And I think that's where there's a lot of room for um, an individual to really step into the role and own it and make it something more than maybe what folks might see it as, as really just kind of a bully pulpit. You actually, as lieutenant governor, folks, if you don't um, know what the roles and responsibilities are, you actually do preside over the state senate which I've served in the Senate, so I understand those rules of engagement. Uh, You actually sit on the state board of K-12, so public instruction. I chaired education policy and appropriations in the Senate. So I understand those dynamics um, and those relationships. And then you also serve on the state board of community colleges. So there's a lot of room, uh, I think, for an individual to come in and continue to do a lot of policy work and implementing and protecting kind of the integrity of the statutes that maybe the intent of the legislature has put forth. Sometimes when it gets to the agency level, things aren't always perhaps um, executed or implemented in a way that, you know, was intended. So I think what can happen is, you know, you have a more voice, continue to have a stronger voice in education and really walking out. um, You know, I've been on the front end now of policymaking, and this will be a great opportunity to be on kind of that back end and um, putting it forth for, you know, our boots on the ground to really execute and implement but I also am a big champion of uh, workforce development, and that's something that I really kind of want to own and that I have a vision for and ideas about how to be more involved and be on the front end of that with businesses across North Carolina. We are the number one state for business, um, which I've been fortunate to be a part of a legislature that has really garnered you know, and highlighted that success and hallmarked it to a degree. Um, but I'm also you know, just believe we can deliver the number one workforce. And I have championed our community college system, trades, skills, left and right. And I have a proven record on that, too. So I think the lieutenant governor can be more than just sort of a voice and even a, a lobbyist for the people of sorts. I mean, you can actually do work. You can actually execute. You can actually step into those hard conversations because I've had to have them um, and really fight for, you know, what um you know, the communities and the families are wanting and what the people are looking for in terms of how do I access jobs? How do I get resources for this? Where does that exist? And really informing and educating people on how to make that happen. Well, let's be honest. I mean, most lieutenant governors are MIA once they take office. (laughs) I mean, they are. They're not even showing up at the Senate. They're not showing up where they're supposed to be going. I mean, they're just MIA. You don't see them. You don't hear from them. I mean, regardless of the party, they Mm -hmm. just go MIA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a shame because that's something having served in the legislature and having a respect for the actual body itself in terms of, um, you know, the Senate chamber. 
I mean, that's one thing I'm committed to is showing up. And I think, you know, having served 200,000 constituents in the high country, so folks, I served about five to seven counties in any given time um, up in Boone and Blowing Rock. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. You know, you show up, you're responsive. And my constituents would tell you that. In fact, I think it was a hallmark of my service and my tenure in the Senate was I was responsive, I was visible, I was present, and, you know, always ready to, to, to take their calls, even sometimes at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. But I did. All right, so when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Deanna Ballard. She's running for lieutenant governor on the Republican side. So 11 people? Nine? Yes, 11? 11. 11. Asking Robin, 31 flavors right there. Three. <laughs> uh, but we'll continue our conversation with Deanna Ballard when we return. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Welcome back to News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT on Breaking with Brett Jensen. I am Brett Jensen. We're going up until 8 o'clock tonight as we continue our primary preview. And we got Deanna Ballard. She's current state senator. She's from the Denver area of North Carolina, not Colorado. And she's running for lieutenant governor, one of 11 candidates running on the Republican side for the primary, which is, by the way, March 5th, and I believe early voting starts February 17th, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, negative on that. Oh, when Thursday, February 15th. The 15th, the day after Valentine's Day. That's okay. right. See, Less I, than a week away, folks. There you go. I, gosh, I, I'm glad you corrected me. I'm glad you corrected me. <laughs> By the way, I've been saying the 17th for the last two days. And I've interviewed three candidates, and none of the three candidates it, it corrected me. You're the first one to correct me. Leave it to a woman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I'm used to being corrected by a woman, so that's, so that's par for the course. So you're from Lincoln County, the eastern part of Lincoln County. I'm going to play some stereotypes here with you. Oh, no. I, I can because I'm from Gaston County. So you know. <laughs> I love my Lincoln County folks. Uh, Second Amendment and guns. Thoughts on that? Because, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are worried that, um, you know, of course, you know, the, the, the mantra is, oh, my gosh, they're going to take away our guns. But there was also talk that maybe North Carolina would be a gun sanctuary state type situation. So what's your thoughts on all of that? Oh, man. You know, I'm a pro Second Amendment. I mean, I've been endorsed and, you know, by NRA and grassroots North Carolina. I grew up with, a, you know, a shooting range in the backyard, actually. I mean, Lincoln County, since you're talking about right. Lincoln County and eastern Lincoln County. Uh, so, but you know, my parents also, my dad taught me, you know, safety, gun safety, and really how best to protect myself. I mean, I was held at gunpoint at the age of 17, I think it was 16, 17 years old. Really? So, in Lincoln County, nonetheless. Were you so, really? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I have learned early on really how best to sort of take care of myself and protect myself and believe that we all have the right to be able to do that. Uh, so, I'm supportive. I mean, you know, just, yeah. What's. What advantages would you have from growing up in a, like, I know Denver is relatively close to Charlotte, but Lincoln County is still considered rural. What would you, what advantages do you have from growing up in a rural area? Oh, goodness. I would say that I have a perspective that, you know, hard work pays off. People do pay attention. That encourages other rural communities across the state so they don't feel forgotten or feel left out. Having, you know, grown up, um, just in the spirit of, you know, my parents really instilled in me a strong hard work ethic, you know, and the power and the dignity of work and a job um, and how fruitful and rewarding that can be. 
So uh, those are kind of a few things. I would say a sense of community. Um, Lincoln County really instilled in me a, you know, and I think North Carolina is really great at this at large, too. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. But we're we can be very neighborly people um, and genuinely kind of look out for one another and take care of each other in those times of just, you know, overwhelmed um, need and just stress. So very um, I'm very excited about what my upbringing and then characteristics and qualities of really valuing every individual um, and, you know, their background and really listening and engaging and cooperating with, you know, ideas and, you know, priorities for various regions of the state. So every every county's different. You know, I served probably at one time I had the most I had seven counties. So you learn real quick, you know, how to how to really kind of meet people where they are how you engage and how you listen and then, you know, show deliverables and deliver for them. So, you know, I would say that's something that was instilled in me even, you know, from early on in good old Lincoln County, too. Just a few more minutes here with Deanna Bella. She's running for lieutenant governor on the Republican side, one of 11 candidates. And most of the polls that I've seen and insiders that I talk to believe that she's a top three candidate out of the 11. All right. So let's get into a couple other things here. So and I, and I asked this to the people running for governor. I've asked this for people running for Congress. Republicans and Democrats, regardless of the party, generally have their philosophy, and all Democrats generally have the same philosophy, and all Republicans generally have the same philosophy. But what separates you from the other candidates? Because is it just your background, or is there a difference in philosophy about being a lieutenant governor that, that is maybe different from some of the other people that you're running against? Oh, gosh. Um I would say, like I've mentioned before, too, really kind of the proven track record, the work, the background um, of having served in the Senate, understanding how policy gets done, how to work, um, how to work with and collaborate with others. Maybe perhaps, you know, either side of the aisle sometimes can be very singularly focused in how to get something done. And I think it's important to be able to kind of step in and have those hard conversations, uh, stick true to your convictions and your principles uh, but also know that, you know, there are kind of multiple ways sometimes to get something done. And so thinking through that and working, you know, uh, collaboratively uh, to be able to deliver is is pretty powerful at a time when, you know, we can tend to be very isolated. And so I think I have a real strong knack for being able to, you know, still move the needle forward. I mean, when I when I worked to reopen schools, we didn't have a supermajority in the Senate. We had a majority. And so I had to work with both chambers, both sides of the aisle, so many different personalities. Ladies and gentlemen, the legislature is filled uh, with dynamic characters. So uh, I would say that, you know, I would say, yeah, a little bit of just my philosophy of kind of how the legislature works, how to get things done, um, how to serve, when to serve, how showing up and how critical that is. But then also just the fact that I have a proven track record to go against, you know, any of the Democrats that are coming to the table that have served in the Senate. I think there are two Democrats now that um, have served in the Senate uh, that are running for lieutenant governor, too. And I do believe compared to some of my other um, candidates, my, my, my opponents on the Republican side, that I have a proven record that can go toe to toe with either one of those candidates. So um, I think that's pretty strong to uh, to to imp- Impress upon people, you know, how to keep Republicans in charge in Raleigh. Last thing that I ask every single candidate, teacher, police officer, doesn't matter who I'm speaking to, athlete, is there anything that I did not ask you that you want to talk about? Or is there just one final thing that you'd like to say because the floor is yours? Oh, thanks for that. 
Man, um, I'm I'm North Carolina born and bred, and I love this state uh, with my whole heart. I have served it and sacrificed wholeheartedly, um, but I just want folks out there to know they're completely worthwhile. They're worthwhile every effort. I mean, I have put I don't know how many miles on my car. I've earned I don't know how many Chick-fil-A points at this point <laughs> on the road. But, ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to know that I am eager to serve, ready to serve you, and um, could consider it a real privilege and an honor. So I'm here on the show, and I'm going to ask for your vote um, and just look forward to really continuing to earn your support. So pay attention um, to what's going on in the lieutenant governor's race. There's a lot at stake, even for the long-term health of, the, of North Carolina. I think you need to remember that. Um, and I just ask that you you know follow me on a lot of my Instagram, my Facebook, my social media. It's Deanna Ballard NC. You can hit me up on um, all three of those sort of X, everything. So thank you. Deanna Ballard, state senator running for lieutenant governor on the Republican side. The primary is March 5th. Early voting starts February 15th. So thank you on that one, Deanna. <laughs> uh, but seriously, thank you for coming in tonight. I know there are a lot of different things that you could be doing on a Friday. So I really do appreciate it. And I know the listeners do as well. Thank you. All right. When we come back, let's get into a couple of other things as we just wrapped up our primary preview. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Now let's swing on over to the WBT Newsroom with Anna Erickson.